You just gotta press a button for the intro. Hopefully it's what it should be. Welcome to another episode of Fantasy in Session. Today is September the 2nd, Labor Day. The culture pushers are back. I know y'all missed us. We're here. How y'all doing? If you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple, make sure you subscribe. Leave us a review. How y'all doing, fellas? It's been a minute. Man, I'm feeling so great now that we are the motherfucking 32nd ranked podcast for fantasy sports. Fantasy sports in the United States, man. Hey, okay. I love it. Let's go. We rank, baby. It's crazy, man. Like last week was a crazy week. We all had like drafts. It was like you know, report because it was a lot of drafts going on. So I know you guys missed us. I hope y'all demolished y'all drafts. Um, we're going to like gear the podcast now away from draft talk since draft season. It should be over. This is week one officially. Thursday is football, guys. We got like real football on Thursday. But before, but before we do go to the, uh, before we go to the the you know talk about that, let's just give a little insight on, on our our draft. You know, we had a busy ass weekend. We had coming off of all these drafts and shit, man. Like, how y'all feeling, man? Y'all think y'all crushed all of them? You think it's some? Like, what, what's the what's what's the takeaway, man? Out of this weekend, how, how many do we have? Like, I what, think we what? just had one. Well, we had two. We had an auction draft yesterday. You know, it was new to, to a lot. We're of out of draft week. Out of the draft week. Then. Out of the so draft week. Like, it was the main draft week. So we had like four, right? We got two redraft, three redraft. No, four. We had three. We had one Sunday. We had a slow draft. Kick up on Monday that just ended yesterday. Um, we had your draft on Monday night, my draft on Tuesday night, and then uh, Oxford draft yesterday, and the big money league last night, which I think I crushed, by the way. Oh, I smashed that one. Yeah, that was a great draft, bro. I love that. I finally got my guy, man. We're going to talk about him a little later on today, man, but I think I crushed him, man. I cannot wait to this. Season starts, man. We almost here, bro. Thursday, yeah, man. It still don't feel right. Like it's it's still don't it ain't gonna hit me until Thursday, bro. Until I see these guys running out on the field. It's hey. here though. Man. Just it's make here. sure you follow. It's here. It's here. Yes, sir. Hopefully y'all listen and y'all listen. Y'all didn't draft a quarterback and y'all killed y'all drafts. I know a lot of people are reaching out to us telling us how their drafts went without drafting quarterbacks. That's great. I'm glad you did it. Uh, just keep on following us through the next process. Drafting is only part one. Now you got to get to the nitty gritty. We got to make sure these lineups are right. We got to make sure we're on the waiver wire heavy. We got to get to it. We got to make sure we know the news and make sure you're listening to the fantasy in session. <laughs> and, and shout out, shout out to the uh, guy who didn't listen to the episode uh, drafting Marcus Mariota in the fifth round. Tom Brady in the first. I was yeah. like, yes. <laughs> what do you mean to clarify? You know, uh, just. You know, not drafting a quarterback in the early round, way to the tip round. You just kept saying not drafting the quarterback. Like, don't draft. No, nah, they know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. they listen. Draft quarterback you know, before you know. the tenth, man. I didn't draft a quarterback before the tenth round at all this year. I don't think, man. And I ended up nah, with like Jameis Winston, Colin Murray here and there. Like, bro, I was just, I was just getting Baker last night in the ninth. Yeah, bro, like Baker in the ninth. Like, I know you say don't, not before the tenth, but I mean Baker in the ninth is almost in like in the quarterback in the tenth, bro. I, I yeah. almost did it when uh, Aaron Rodgers was, was available. I think in the sixth or seven, but he got somebody took him like 
two spots before me, but that was the closest I was getting to taking the quarterback in the early rounds was Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, it's, it sounds, it sounds so appealing, man. He's saying, don't draft the quarterback. Yeah, bro, it sounds so, like you can say that, and then when you get to, like, the eighth round, man, you're like, damn, there's nobody else really to take, bro, but you just got to hold, hold strong to that, man, because it's it's so many quarterbacks after the 10th round. Just hold on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going to the ship. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hyped, bro. It's football week, uh, baby. I'm glad we All right, man, so um, without further ado, let's get into some of the news and notes. Uh, since the last time we potted, I think the main news coming out of Dallas, the big news, the news everybody want to hear about, Ezekiel Elliott reported by Total Access, NFL Total Access. The Cowboys want him to be out on the field Wednesday practicing with the team. But the talks of the extension are kind of going through obstacles. And Tuesday is a big day for them. So how y'all feel about Zeke now? That we're here. Everybody was saying, oh, man, wait till week one. This is week one officially. How do you feel about Zeke? I mean, eventually, bro, going to be out there practicing and signing. They're, they both both sides trying to work. So I feel good if I'm a Zeke owner. You know, Does I, he play week one? I mean, no matter if he play week one. As long as he out there by week three, good. But do you think he plays week one, Javar? Nah, it's... I'm not so sure no more either, man. I'm when when so the sure. last day he got a report? Like the last day he if he report like Thursday, they want him practicing on the field Wednesday to play. To play, it needs to probably be by Wednesday. But I remember last year when the Bell situation was going down, they're saying that he has to like report by Saturday to get his game check to be eligible to get his game check. So if you expect him to see him out there week one, Wednesday is the day you're looking for for him to sign a deal. Um. But if it don't if it don't come by Wednesday, he's not gonna be out there week one. So anybody who got Tony uh, Tony Pollard, okay. Ooh, I got him in every league. Fun. I got like Tony Pollard in pretty much every league I'm in right now. I only want Tony Pollard to start for like one, two weeks max. You know what I'm saying? Three weeks if that. Like that's the RB one for three weeks. That's all I need. That's a head start. Well, I hope the only reason, and that's a mistake on my part. The only reason I wasn't targeting him like that in the late rounds is because I really was under the assumption that Zeke was going to be here by now, bro. And then we're getting all these reports saying, like, yo, talks are are going good. He's about to sign his deal, bro. Then we get another report today, like, nah, um, that shit wasn't true. Because <laughs> he's still not here. If Pollard plays six games, I'm happy. Bro, play two games. Yeah. I'll be gonna play six. Bro, I, 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 one game and I have Pollard in the yeah. bro, as late as I drafted him, bro. I am ecstatic, bro. Over under, is, over under Pollard uh, playing four games. Under, I'm going under definitely. What you say, Jamal? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely under that. Yeah. All right, all right. But, I mean, I, I thought he was gonna be here week one. Uh, Zeke was gonna be here week one, so I mean, well, the Zeke watch. Zeke Watch is still on, guys. Uh, but let's get to another player that we know is not going to be there week one. Reported from Sleeper uh, today, Melvin Gordon will not report week one. That's Yeah, yeah. Another one, bro. Like, he, he <laughs> doubled up from last year, bro. Like, you just had one guy last year. Now you got two guys, man. Um, but, fortun- but fortunately for fantasy owners, his ADP did reflect that, that he would miss games. So you wouldn't, ha- you didn't have to draft him early anymore. Um, I still think he's – I mean, because he has to show up at some point this year. His situation yeah. is different than Bell. Mm-hmm. Bell wasn't under really a contract, you know, so he was able to, like, skip the whole year and still be a free agent this year. Melvin Gordy can't do that because he's still under his rookie contract. 
Yeah, he has to show so, up. He got to show up eventually, man. So when you like, you know, when I drafted him, I got him in a six, man. And I felt like even if he does miss eight games, like getting him in a sixth round, I still think it was worth the risk. So hopefully he shows up before then because he's going to be losing out on like 300000 a check, bro. And that shit must be nice to lose out on that much money every fucking week. And not be like Matt. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 300000 bro. What? I'm here. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go. I'm going to go ahead and go. I'm going to go Oh, me. So what y'all think about that? I mean, when y'all think he's coming back on that one? Well, I have got rid of all my Melvin Gordon uh, stock, and I went and, like, got along with Tony Pollard. I went and got Justin Jackson in pretty much every league, and so I don't give a fuck if Melvin Gordon come back or not. I hope he does it. <laughs> Thanks, you you kind of do give a fuck if he does come right. back. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, mean, I, mean, I don't. I, I hope he doesn't come back. How about that? Yeah, true, true. Well, so, not, how do y'all see that that break that backfield breaking up, like splitting up though, with Eckler and Jackson? Sixty forty, unless Justin Jackson just get high and start ripping ripping runs, then I see a sixty forty. Uh, yeah, I see that too. I was thinking about starting Justin Jackson week one. I'm, th- I'm still debating on starting them. Just Who are they playing week one? They play Indiana. What you think? Well, I mean, it really depend on your your options, man. But like like we just said, 60-40, um, 40% of the snaps is a great number to have for your, like, your flex play. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, if I had to choose between the two, of course, it would be Eckler just because he was used way more in the passing game than uh, Justin Jackson, and he's going to be the first runner back out there. And you actually should I start him? At flex, uh, you got to give me like a, a scenario. You know, that's that's where I would want to start. Would you start? Would you? Okay, I got a scenario for you. Would you start Tyreek Hill or Justin Jackson at a flex? Hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. In a half PPR. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. You just said Tyreek Hill. I mean, correct. Damn, I did it. I can't. All right, that's one. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Correction. Tyreek Cohen or uh, Justin Jackson. Um. I'd probably go to Cohen. True. Cohen is playing the Green Bay this Thursday. And, we, of course, we said Justin Jackson is playing the Colts. My motto is always when when in doubt, Thursday's out. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? If it, it's a Thursday night game. So, Tariq, and you know, you've been hearing reports about Montgomery eating into Cohen's um, passing, passing work. So I would like if I'm on if I own Cohen, I would like to see a game before I start them just to see exactly how they split up them touches in the backfield. Definitely. So I, if it was me, I would probably go um, Justin Jackson. It's just but, where if you just need like some points, yeah, Justin Jackson. But if you need the upside of a player, I I think Tyreek. I have a more of an upside play there. That's yeah. what I was looking at, just the upside. Definitely. I think it's going to be a nice – it's going to be a shootout, too. Justin, Justin can get you a, a good little touchdown. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Justin Justin going to get the goal line touchdown. And I think yeah. seven points, that, you know what I'm saying, seven goal line touchdown, maybe 30 yards, 30, 40 yards on a good day. I think that's 10 points. I think he's just locked in. I think that floor is uh, safe. But I, I agree with you with what Javar said. I think Tariq Cohen's ceiling is way higher than Justin Jackson. So, if, yeah, if you're looking for an upside play, I agree with the Tariq Cohen play. But I don't know for my team personally. I don't know what I'll do. I think I would go Justin Jackson because I like a safer floor, especially week one, like you said, Carlos. So yeah, just I'd rather wait until Sunday and see how it plays out then. But they both good plays though. They both good plays for you know RB three flex play. So 
Definitely. So on to our next piece of news. LaShawn McCoy has been traded to the Kansas oh, City Chiefs. My All God. Damian Williams owners clutch your pearls. How do you feel, guys? That was by far the worst news I've ever could have heard on over the weekend, bro. Like literally one move just took a backfield that was pretty much solidified now, you know, and just like that, bro. Like McCoy just comes and just nukes that whole damn backfield, bro. Now everybody's scrambling. Like everybody that took Damian Williams in the second, third round, bro. They're like, what the fuck? I got Damian Williams in the fifth last night. Yeah, that's that's it. you see how far that ADP dropped just like that, bro. Like just like Overnight. that. A thirty a thirty two year old running back, bro. But it ain't just any thirty two year old running back, bro. That's the thing, right. man. He oh, he um you know he played with Andy Reid before. So he knows that system, man. So, so it's not like he's gonna have to like walk in. He's been playing, he's been practicing all preseason, so he's not like out of shape. He's in shape. He knows the offense. He could just walk in day one really and be the starter. Yeah, and uh, running backs don't really take long to to adjust to a, a playbook anyway, because you're not doing too much shit. Like you just running the damn ball. Like you, you don't need to know route patterns and shit. Right. Yeah, bro. Andy Reid has reported that he considers Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy to both be starters. In quotes, it is a great situation for both of them and the football team, end quote. I mean, it could be great for fantasy if you know, like, if they're just efficient with the touches. If you just even watch through the uh, preseason, like, uh, Damian Williams was, he even if he had, like, eight touches, he probably scored and had 20-yard runs or a 20-yard catch on his touches. So if you're getting that, on your touches, averaging eight yards or seven yards, ten yards a catch, and averaging five yards a carry, it don't matter if you split touches per game. Both of them going to be, you know, relevant. Some good flex plays, probably even a, wire, a running back to play. Yeah, but way so more volatility if it's if it's two guys splitting the work. Definitely don't want to see uh, three guys. You know what I mean? Darwin Thompson is still there. No, so, I think I they, got, they got to see him on the shelf. You ain't no. – Talent. They ain't just sign like a high or something. So how do you feel about that game? Like, what do you what are you thinking now with that backfield? So I actually have stock in both of them. So I, I, either one I want to see do good because I got them on both my teams. But my thing is, how does this affect? It has to affect something, or is this like more signs pointing to Patrick Mahomes being like? Is he going to have another Patrick? Like, I guess you can't even compare it to another another Patrick Mahomes year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody. But they just keep getting weapons and more weapons. We all thought he was going to regress, but I don't know, man. And Because uh, I'm thinking, okay, they bring in LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams. They're both RB1s. Which wide receiver stock goes down? Say, Sammy Watkins? Or is this like who – like where are the targets coming from? I don't think it affects the receivers I think it much. does. Because I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Here's I mean, my thing, man. So I, 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 have, I have – Both of them to be RB1s, though. Not if they're going to split – not if they're going to be like – RBC. He's saying that they're both going to be out there like he's going to deploy them like RB1. Yeah, so they're going to both get both them like they're starters. So they're both going to get like starter usage is what I'm thinking in my head. And so if they're both getting starter usage, that means they're either running the ball more or they're throwing the ball to the running backs more. So somebody, the, some wide receiver is taking a hit. That's how I feel in my head. But of course, you don't know until you see it. So yeah. um, here's my thing, man. Now that I had a couple of days to really like sit down and think about this and I could be just completely wrong bro but I'm, I'm sorry and i've been saying it all off season bro i'm just gonna go with what history has told me man and i'm thinking that either damian williams is gonna be the guy 
or LaShawn McCoy is going to be the guy. If I had to choose one today, and like I said, I could be looking super silly, you know, two weeks from today. But if I had to pick one today, I would go with Damian Williams because I think at this point in their careers, Damian Williams is the better back than McCoy. Like, he is coming off of pretty much career lows and everything last year. McCoy, I know he played for the Bills, and they had a horrible line. I do want to say a lot of that can be irrelevant because he is in a better system. But I am paying attention to that, man. And I and if I had to pick one today, I would pick Damian Williams. I'm, I might just go cheap. You know, I'm cheap in real life in a way. So I'm going to go cheap and go McCoy. I'll pay, I'll pay cheap for McCoy and just hope. I like it. I don't mind it. So on to some, I guess, brighter news about running backs. Gruden has reported out of Washington that the Redskins expect to give guys will out-carry AP this year. So for all those who said that, oh, Darius Geis is not going to be um, nothing because they still got Adrian Peterson, a.k.a. Carlos, I might have been, I might not have been. But Darius Geis is now going to get more carries than AP. How do you feel about that? I mean, you've seen coming, Still gotta still gotta see that too, man. Um I won't I wouldn't be surprised if he got more touches than AP, but he did also say that he, you know, he's a back that will be used on first, second, and third down. And it's just hard to believe that right now because during the preseason, like he wasn't used on third down at all. Like he literally got pulled every single third down that he was on. So Y'all got a hot take. Uh Darius guys has over a thousand yards this year. Uh, you see like the offense doing a lot, bro. You seeing that offense being ahead and and you, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's exactly why I, I wouldn't. Because if he was on a high scoring team and he was a two two down back, maybe. But and, low scoring team with Case Keenum at the quarterback, man. Uh, why can't he get a thousand yards if AP got a thousand yards last year? But I'm saying AP. He's had more majority of the touches. They splitting them touches. If AP won there, then I can buy into it. But AP splitting up touches. If 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 he's gonna be the workhorse. No, no, no. He said he'll get more more touches than AP. They didn't say he's gonna be the the workhorse. One touch more than AP, bro. That's all he said. He (laughs) he didn't say one, but that's you know I'm saying. He's gonna get more touches. He didn't say. He didn't say uh, he wasn't gonna be used. You know what I'm saying? You can't you can't go all the way in on that comment unless he got you. you know, specifics, you know, like, oh, he going to get 10 more carries, then then you'll know for sure he ain't getting a 1,000 yards. So I, that's why I got to just – I got to see. I still got to see. And also, uh, Chris Thompson was hurt last year too, so AP got a lot more touches last year than he probably would have got this year if Thompson stayed healthy. This is true. We'll see. Um, another running back news, Carlos Hyde, uh, the previous Kansas City running back, was traded to the Houston Texans. So I think all Duke Johnson stock might be safe. I agree. <laughs> that was the best thing that could have happened to my shares, man. I was I was kind of nervous, man. Wonder who was going to go there, but Kyle Todd. I think he's pretty much in the same boat as McCoy. Worst situation though, you know, according to like offense and shit. But uh, I think he's a shell of himself, man, and I think he will get some work, but I don't think he's going to do anything with it, and I think Duke is still the guy to own out there. Other Houston news, we got Kenny Steele was also traded to the Texans, so the Texans were a bit more- yeah, That's a jackpot move for Kenny, but and Houston, and, yeah, that, you know, for fantasy and just, you know, offensive as a whole, that's, 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 that's a good look for Houston. I'd be hyped. If I was a Houston fan right now, for real, for real. Yeah, because you know they got they got 
you know, outside of Hopkins, who's a fucking beast, they got uh, Kiki Cute and uh, Will Fuller. And those guys are not the healthiest guys, man. They, they can't seem to stay on the field. So right now, you know, he's just kind of like a dynasty stash maybe or a deep league stash. But yeah, yeah. If he if somebody gets hurt in that, you know, receiving core, like he's going to step right into a prime position to produce because they like all three of them produce when they're on the field together. And this me buying it too, like the Deshaun make players around him better, too. So because yeah. was already a, 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 I don't want to say a great player, but he was like a decent player. Like if he was on a, another team, would he be more relevant in real football and fantasy? So, yeah. so it's about the it's about the show now. So you know his his roof his ceiling has, has skyrocketed rocket right now. So 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 how do we how do we go ahead? I agree with you, Carlos. I think he just it takes an injury for him to um for him to be fantasy relevant to me and Miles. But how do it ain't like they running the ball? You know they are coming out passing. So Stills going to wide receivers aren't going to be aren't going to be fantasy relevant. And I think he's going to have to come in and learn the offense. So he's not going to come in off top knowing the offense and like running. He's not going to know the place. So he's going to be just yeah, that. Player. And just like you said, like four receivers, like, you know, it's not going to be no type of consistent production. I think like we, you know, get like week four. I ain't saying off top, but like week four or five, he might catch up. This a vet. He done been in the league before. So, hey, guys, this is the part of the episode where we want to tell you that Kenny Stills is on Javar's team. Exactly, bro. Like Javar. So if nobody gets hurt out there, you still think he could be fantasy relevant? Yes, that's the answer to Javar's question. He only thinks he can start, is he? Okay, so that's a no then. If Kiki not starting, then he's gonna be relevant. Taking like week four. No, I'm saying without an injury. So if Kiki, Will Fuller, and Hopkins is healthy, do you think? that Stills can have fantasy relevance. No, no. And a better question, redraft? No, I'm not really looking for Stills. But Dynasty, this is a good uptick. I feel you. But how, so how do y'all feel like it um, affects Deshaun Watson, though? Because I feel like it can have a Carson Wentz kind of effect. You know what I mean? Where, like, it's going to be a lot of options out there. Of course, D-Hop's still going to get his. But to have... You know, Kenny Stills there now, Duke Johnson there now. They have a um, left tackle that they just traded for from Miami. Like, he can definitely explode. Right. Already, you said Deshaun Watson, right? Yeah. Like, we know, already, we know Javar thinks he's the number three, number three overall player. But. He was already my <laughs> – Me and a lot of people, the number he was three. Already my, he was already my number two quarterback. So, I think – I don't think he's – like I said, I, I'm thinking that – the Chiefs' offense is going to be way more explosive than that. So I don't think it does. Kenny Steele definitely does not move the meter for me as far as Deshaun Watson. It ain't Walker. just Kenny Steele, though. It's Duke and that, off, that left tackle. You know, they yeah. had a horrible offensive line last year. So that's going to solidify Tunsil, a little bit. Is definitely going to, Tunsil, the offense of the left tackle that you're talking about, is definitely going to be a game changer. But I just don't think – I don't know. I don't think it's – I think it's it might changing. have kind of brought him to QB1. He was my number two quarterback, so I don't think he takes. I don't think he overtakes one. That doesn't make the move that they just made. Does it, in my heart, overtake Patrick Mahomes? I guess. Uh, hey, you just, just you just gotta think about it. Like Deshaun Watson got hit the most last year, sacked the most, and still put up those numbers. 
So those are just drives that can where they're standing on the field where he's not getting sacked now because he has better talent around him and a better line. Therefore, he's better to put up better numbers. But um, oh, you think he put up better numbers than Patrick Mahomes? That's what I'm saying. No, I ain't saying. Yeah, I, ain't I, I don't. I don't think it will be a surprise to me at the end of the year if he's the number one quarterback. If he's already uh, number two and he got more weapons now, I think it's definitely a possibility that he could be the number one quarterback. To be determined. I, I won't rank him that way, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, other wide receiver news: AJ Green, reported by Roto World Sports, um, has yet to shed his walking boot. Oh, I don't like um, yeah. I mean, the, the silver lining is they didn't put him on um, IR eligible to return. So, so you know, when some when they do that, then they can't come back until I think week nine. I want to say. They have to miss at least eight weeks. They didn't put him on that. So, I mean, they're thinking that he'll be back before week eight, but that's still not a, you know, for sure thing that he'll be back before week eight. So, for everybody who stashed him and you were depending on him to come back by week four, I think those week four plans are probably, like, drifting away right now. Yeah, man. I'm just I'm just so off of players that's coming into the year with injuries, man. Like, like if they come back and they, you know, they don't have no lingering effects, great, man. But it's I just feel like a, more times than not, than that injury le- lingers, you know, throughout the year. Like the percentage chance of him re-aggravating that and missing more time is higher now. So fire up your Tyler Boyd shares. Yeah, tricka, tricka. You got one last night. Yes, sir. And it was like the spur of the moment. Like he really wasn't even on my, my board. But, you know, like I was telling you, I was a little – off of my research early in the offseason where, like, you know, how they said that he pre- he played better when A.J. Green was in the lineup. But what a lot of people didn't say that it was that um, Andy Dalton was also hurt for a lot of the games that Tyler Boyd had the whole, you know, was the number one receiver out there. So mm-hmm. Andy Dalton's there. Um, got the new coach. I think he should be nice as a, you know, a solid wide receiver too this year. But even when A.J. Green gets back too. Definitely. I, I agree. I don't oppose that. Speaking of another possible wide receiver, too, probably a low-end wide receiver, too, depending on how people got him. I don't have him as nothing more than a play, play week to week. But um, DK Metcalf is back. <laughs> Apparently, Pete Carroll wasn't lying. Uh, <laughs> he, he had surgery, minor, I guess, surgery on his knee, and he was at practice today. And he looked great, according to Pete Carroll. So, Sorry, that's Pete. Just, that's just something to note. Yeah. Um, that brings us. That brings me to the end of my news and notes on my list. Do you guys got anything? Um, Fitzgerald or Fitzpatrick is was um, named the starter for the Dolphins, so I think this helps the Devontae Parkers, especially now that uh, Kenny Stills is not out the, is not on the team anymore. That was like the only other deep threat. So you know Fitzpatrick likes to air it out. So if you're scrambling, you shouldn't be scrambling week one, but maybe DFS. Um, I think he might be a sneaky little play. Yeah, man. I, I don't, I'm not good at DFS, so I'm not even going to pretend like I am. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm, I'm down. We need to get this DraftKings League started back. Did you play in it last year, Gabe? Yeah, I was in it for a little while, but I kept losing money. I wasn't winning, so I just stopped. <laughs> you got to keep going, bro. No, man. Donate, Carlos. You got to keep donating me your money, Gabe. Uh, yeah, bro. Yeah, that's definitely what I was. On to the next segment of our episode. We're going to call it our bold prediction slash hot take slash say something that you nobody else is saying right now, but you think in your heart that can happen. Uh, Who wants to start it off? 
we all going to just name one player or one thing that we think is going to happen this year that is a hot take pretty much. So how about, Carl, how about you start us off, Gabe? So without further ado, let me get into my hot take. Uh, Chris Carson. I see Chris Carson finishing with 270 rushing attempts and 40 targets and as a top eight running back this year. Like Carlos' famous words, this is going to be the last year you can get Chris Carson this cheap. Um, last year, Rashad Penny was drafted as the first round running back. He was expected to come in, you know, dominate the carries. He was pretty much his job to lose, uh, whether it be from injuries or he was out of shape or whatever the picture you want to paint it. He didn't start uh, the season as a running back, like the starter in the backfield of Seattle, nor did he ever gain the role as a starting running back in Seattle. Uh, last year, Chris Caution finished as the number 14 running back. He missed two games. Um, he carried the ball 247 times for 1,151 yards with nine touchdowns. Um, I did some stats on the PFF. If you take away week four and week 10, which he didn't play, he was RB8. So that is why I feel like he is uh, his ceiling is an RB8 this year. Um, 247 carries was only second to Ezekiel Elliott's 260 carries last year, and Ezekiel Elliott played one more game than him. Um he was the number six in yards after contact. He is a physical uh, workhorse running back. He is the, the the perfect model of a workhorse running back. They play him cheap. He's a seventh round pick, so they're paying him dirt money. They're going to run his legs off until like they can't run him no more. Seattle's number one rushing offense in the league. Um, Russell Wilson. Passing attempts keep going down and down each year now that they're becoming more and more of a rushing team. He's facing the sixth easiest schedule as a running back. Chris Carson finished as a running back one or two, 64% of the time last year. Um, he was top five in 10 zone attempts with 28. Number one was Todd Gurley, so that just shows you how close he was. Uh, that's only eight away. Um with the preseason, we got to look at what the backfield could potentially look like, and Rashad Penny has looked nothing more than a spell running back. This is why I see Chris Carson being the next go-to running back, and he's going to finish as a top eight running back, possibly a top six. That's still Boulder. So that's Boulder if you want me to go Boulder. Yeah. That's what I would have went, to be honest, because I wouldn't be surprised at all, man. Top eight seems like a – if he's, if he plays 16, top eight is going to happen, I feel like. Uh, if how much they run the ball, you know what I mean? If he played 16, I'll put him at top five, bro. Yeah, like, like yeah, because they just run the ball so much, bro. And he's great, bro. He's great. So, I like it, bro. I like it, man. I'm mad I didn't get any I, – I, I sucks to say, but I, I didn't get any shares of Carson this year. When that um, report came out about the 50 targets, it was just like, well, I can't get him no more, bro, because his ADP done shot, out, shot up like two rounds after that, bro. So – yeah, I, I've been getting him in the third. I, I still I don't have him at fifty, quite fifty. I don't know if I said it, but I got him at forty targets. So yeah, he's fifty. He's definitely gonna be top five, no doubt. So you saying that this guy was a great running back? And he and he uh, had more yards. He had a lot of yards at the contact with a horrible offensive line. That was, that was I don't think I don't think the, the Seattle Seahawks offensive line was horrible though. They had a horrible offensive line last year, bro. I think they might have been horrible in pass protection, but they were literally the number one team in Russia yet last yeah, year. Yeah, because they were – they were volume, though. They ran the ball the most out of anybody in the whole league. But, Gay, how you checking – like, is that defense going to be like – you know what I'm saying? Now that they got Jadavian Clowney, boy, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, Pete Carroll's yeah, a great coach, too, 
He's such a player's coach, man. Like, he's going to get the best out of whoever he has on the field, bro. So, uh, like I said, like, like all the running back scandals is going around, they paying him dirt cheap. So, they got to get the most out of his legs while possible, as, as bad as it sounds. I'm sorry to say it. You know what I mean? Well, so, Carson, top eight running back. Book it. Let's go, Boulder, top six. Top six. What he, boy, let's go. Let's go. All right, so I go, uh, I go next. So my bold take since I had to change it, man, because McCoy wants to come and shit on my damn parade. Was gonna be Demi Williams being the number one overall running back, but now that he's there, I, I ain't, I'm, even though that would be like super duper 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 bold. Um, but I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with uh, OJ Howard finishing as the overall tight end number one. The reason why I think that is so last in last year in nine games, he finished with a stat line of 44 targets, 565 yards, five touchdowns. He had the first he was first in the whole league and within tight ends and uh, points per touch with three points. So every time this dude touched the ball, he got three points on average. Um, He was second in the league with at least 30 targets and a dot. Second in the league in yards per reception was 16.6. And um, he was the third best tight end in that span. If you average out his stats for a full season, he would have had 77 targets, 1,008 yards, nine touchdowns, and 214 points. So that's great stats. But the greatest thing about that is that he only he did all that on 64% of the snaps last year. So you um, fast forward to this year in preseason, Jameis Winston has played 58 um, snaps so far, or not at the preseason, over he played 58 snaps in the preseason. OJ Howard was out there for 55 of those snaps. So he was great last year, and he has a chance to be even greater this year. He was also the highest graded tight end, according to PFF, and was third among tight ends in yards per route run. Um, he finished top six. Uh, he finished as a top six tight end in 50% of his games and a top 12 in 80% of his games. And just for reference, Kelsey finished as a top 12 in 80% compared to uh, so about the same as OJ, and he finished as a top six in 62% of his games. And that's what Kelsey playing all the snaps pretty much. So, you know, it's very possible that that, you know, t- top six percentage numbers for OJ could definitely be up there with Kelsey if he's playing all the snaps like he did in preseason. Then you add the fact that the defense sucks, so Winston will be airing it out, playing catch-up, and they have no running game, so that equals more passes for Winston. And they have no capable receiving back, which, as my guy Tags pointed out early in the year, you know, when a, when a running back is getting a lot of targets, that takes a lot from the, the tight end. You know, just perfect example last year, James White had his career high in targets, and um, Gronk had his worst year ever last year. So, you know, the correlation is definitely there for it. And they have Bruce Arians, who I think everybody takes, uh, you know, gets a spike in um, value with him coming out there, being a great offensive mind. So it might sound bold now, but I don't think it'll be so bold next year when we're taking O.J. Howard as the number one tight end off the board. Book it. It definitely was very bold. The only thing I would oppose to it is, uh, you know how how I feel about Dirk Cutter and how he target targeted tight ends like the most out of any coach, pretty much. But I, I 
OJ Howard is really athletic, and he could be the, I guess the the, the, the tight end that that eight, that um Arians never had because, like I said before, Arians never really targeted tight ends in his offense. But you never know. And just just to combat that, like he had five touchdowns last year, right? Yep. Zero end zone touchdowns or zero end zone uh, targets. So he did all of this from outside the end zone, like the red zone and shit, bro. So if he gets some end zone targets this year, bro, like what you think that number going to do? Yeah, it got to go up. Exactly, yeah. man. Exactly. That's why I had to get him in the fifth yesterday, man. Like I had to get one share of them. People kept sniping them from me, bro. I had to get them. I had to get at least one share, man. Get your players. Jabbar, who's your hot take? What you feeling? Well, my hot take is somebody you can probably pick up off the waivers. Last pick of the draft. If you just bombed that tight end, this guy has potential. Could be this year's George Kittle, you know what I'm saying? But I would say he's going to be top two, top three tight end. I say he'll get in there. Six is Darren Waller of the Oakland Waller. Right. <laughs> if you don't know, you're going to find out soon and quick, like a lot of people ain't know about George Kittle last year. You know, dude is just uh, coming in, stepping into a spot where Jared Cook, who has 70 targets on uh, Antonio Brown list team. Now with Antonio Brown out there, they have Tyrell Williams out there, and then they're going to have Darren Waller, who is an absolutely monster at tight end. And it's going to be pick your poison. I mean, you want to double AB, or you want to keep the cover on Ty Williams, Waller down the middle against a, a linebacker. The guy runs a 4.46, and this was at the 2015 combine. He ran a 4.46. Dude is 6'6". Absolute muster. He played wide receiver at UGA, and now he's come over. He had some drug issues the couple of years. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, you know, you know, he said he, he overcome those things. He was doing pills, anything he's getting hands on, too. Ooh, I don't know about that. He, he says he's overcame that. So, you know, God bless him in his journey. But we talk about him in this position he's about to fill on this football team. So, with 70 catches, Jared Cook came in as his top five tight end last year. And Jared Cook was 31. Now we're coming in an absolute beast. 6'6", 255 pounds, who ran a, a, a sub 4.5 in 2015, playing tight end with with uh, Drake, uh, with Gruden, who runs a good offense. You know, last year was his first year. So, you know, you get a second year. He got some players on his belt that fit this scheme more, so the offense could run a lot more smoother. Everybody is down on this team. Go get Darren Waller out there on the waivers. If you can, because this guy could be George Kittle and you can miss out on him, especially if you're in a tight end premium league. So it's it's it's, it's worth uh, a pickup just to drop somebody who's not going to get any burn. Just a lottery ticket on this guy, because if he's George Kittle, you're going to be hella mad when you playing him come week four. I like it, man. I was I was on Darren Waller in the beginning of the year and he kind of like, you know, lost some buzz and stuff, man. But now this hard knocks done pick back up. I see him out there actually playing, man. He, he does look the part. He does look the part, man. And, you know, once you get past the top 
six, man. It really could be anybody. So all you got to do is just beat out, you know, some average ass tight ends, bro. So I, I can see it happening. It's bold. I can see it happening. I'm, I'm really just banking on the offense being better than what people say. You know, Jacobs looked good in his limited eight touches, whatever he had this preseason. But, you know, he looked great. We already know AB is uh, a, a well oiled machine on the right. He's going to get open. And Ty Williams, he's good in his own mind, you know, jump ball, deep ball guy. So, you know, he played well and Waller worked middles, you know, just set up. Just so, you know. They have they have looked good this year. They definitely look better than they did last year. So, you know, judging by preseason. And and, and if he if he's not like if he doesn't get a lot of targets, he's going to be the um red zone target. He's he he has to be. He's six. He'll be one of them. He'll be one of them. Yeah, for sure. You talk about a guy that's there now that led the league in end zone targets, you know, with AB. So, right, right. The goat, you're right. Always booming. Before, hey, Gabe, before we get into the um, the Thursday night game, I think we forgot to mention what we think about Devin Singletary now that McCoy's gone from uh, Buffalo. So, now that McCoy's gone, it was four, now it's three. So, you got Devin Singletary. Old man Gore, who never wants to quit, and TJ Yeldon, who Gay was touting in the beginning of the year. Right. So, and, and the report came out that they said they're not planning on using Devin Singletary in a future role. It will be a three-headed um, back. Um, so, I, I mean, how do you feel about that, man? I read the report. He won't be using future role just yet. Just yet, yeah. That's that's uh, true. I'm, I'm Devin Singletary dynasty. I'm really loving this. Redraft, I'm feeling even great if I picked him up late. You know, he could it could be a good a, a, a good flex play, even running back two by week eight. You know, wow. the team going so that's this is great news for all the Singletary shares, and even the great news, even better news for all the matter of fact, this is great news for the McCoy shares, and even better news for the Singletary share owners. So it's like a win-win situation. For everybody who have those players, very rare that a situation like this is a win-win for both of the players. You know. Yeah, it's um, yeah. You just gotta. I would tell fantasy owners who got Singletary late to just be patient, um, because right. you know it's like a shiny new toy. So what I was saying is like I would I would tell fantasy owners to just you know be patient with it. You know you got this shiny new toy now that we like to say in fantasy. Now you got this rookie running back that looks like he's going to be thrust into a future role. Like, it, Frank Gore is there. He will be used. TJ Yeld is there, too. You know, they trust him as a as, as the receiving option. I don't know if he'll, get, you know, be the lead receiving option, but they do trust him, too. So just be patient. It might not be how you want it to start the year, but I think as the year goes on, if he, you know, flashes, that he, he will probably be, you know, get the bulk of the carries, the touches yeah. out there. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't think he'll be like a week one, like fantasy, like monster, like a Kareem Hunt or anything like that. But I definitely think toward like the end year, like the end of the year, maybe toward like week six, week seven, once he like gets acclimated with the NFL speed, he's definitely going to be one of those guys. Yeah. So just just um, another scenario. Would you go uh, Devin Singletary or Justin Jackson? Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson, yeah, because his role is a little more defined, and it's only two two players out there compared to and, and I've seen it before. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I agree. How about you, Jawar? It's one of those where it's for my team. If I just 
If I need somebody that I know I'm gonna need to play and plug in for for a couple points, Justin Jackson. But if I need some upside, I'm I'm loving Singletary upside right now. I'm yeah. just loving his so, upside. So right Singletary now. for Vance McDonald. Okay, we'll talk off the air. We'll talk off the air. <laughs> <laughs> we got like ten uh, leagues to work trades in, baby. Let's go. So without further ado, it's our first one. Week one, game one, preview the Chicago Bears versus the Green Bay Packers. Guys, it's fucking here. How you feel? Fucking go. Overdue. It's a great first game, too, man. I love it, man. Definitely. So some of the standouts I got, of course, we got you're going to start Aaron Rodgers if you have him on your team. I don't care if the Chicago defense is that crazy you know what i mean or if you could if you have a, a waiver quarterback i don't know who could be on your waivers i know kirk cousins is on the waivers right now i wouldn't mind starting kirk cousins over, uh, against a line of, de- of defense um Rogers though, right? are you scared of chicago's defense no no no, no? i'm not i'm not personally i'm right. starting a rod no matter what he right. he's right. he last year was the first year in a long time since he didn't finish as at least the number two quarterback man Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was a lot of great defense he was going in in that span. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is just that good. Last year, he had a down year, man. It, they hit rock bottom with McCarthy. So, I think um, with, you know, a fresh offensive mind in there, I think that positive touchdown regression will hit this year. Like 25, 25 touchdowns last year. Definitely looking to, to – Yeah, I definitely think he's definitely going to have like 30-plus. Yeah, but – well, I feel yeah, you if you do, but uh, if you have Aaron uh, Rodgers, you're not going to have two quarterbacks on your on your roster. This, so. this is also start true. with confidence. This is also true. Start with confidence. Uh, start Devontae Adams with confidence. He scored 17 points in each of the games against the Bears last year. Um, Aaron Jones didn't start the first game against Chicago. He started the second game against Chicago, and that's the game that he got injured, of course, as we all know. But before he was injured, he was on a streak of being a top-five running back. Like, so I would again start him. Yeah, I think he. I think you know, he, they do. Think, they do have a great run defense, but um, that, you know, like because of the guy we just talked about being behind center Aaron Rodgers, he's not going to face a lot of stack boxes. Last year, he only faced a stack box on thirteen percent of his carries. So it's just there's too many weapons out there. It's too great of a quarterback out there for them to just focus on the running back. So even though it's a great defense, Aaron Rodgers still going to eat. Um, I'm trying to see who else is going to be fantasy relevant. We're going to find out who's the wide receiver too on that Green Bay side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So we got uh, Geronimo. Just you know, projecting him to start as the slot receiver. So that means in a two receiver set, you're looking at MVS is probably going to be the guy out there. Um, they're both you know they're both flex plays. Um, I would probably, if it was up to me, I would probably go with uh, MVS just because I think he presents a little more upside. He has a little better uh, matchup um, cornerback-wise against Kyle Fuller. Um, But that's who I would go with. I like Geronimo. You know, once Rodgers get a connection on that slot, I can just see, you know, him going back to the days when he had Randall Cobb right there. That could be a good connection starting off last year. I believe Geronimo, before he went down, bro was getting targeted eight eight times and up a game. Yeah, he was. He was. At, um, I think he was on pace to be the wide receiver 20 in those first four games that he was out there. 
So I'm buying it again, and I I, I start Geronimo over. The only thing, only difference is now he's gonna be in the slot, and we do know slots, you know, help a lot of players' values because they're getting, um, you know, shorter shorter targets, so they're you know easy catch, you know, easy easier to catch or whatever. And um, against weaker coverage. Yeah, it's just that upside is a little more cap. Um, but one thing I would um, say, no matter who you do pick between, if you have to start one of those guys, don't put them in your flex. I don't know if you guys are hip to this, but huh? You said start them in the wide receiver. Yeah, just you, oh, you always want to leave your flex open. You don't want to like start a Thursday night player in your flex because it doesn't it, just for what the name says. It doesn't give you that flexibility just in case like your wide receiver two gets hurt and you only have like a running back that you're comfortable with playing. You can't put a running back in the wide receiver spot. You have to put them in the flex. Exactly. So put your, whoever you're gonna put, put them in your wide receiver two spot or whatever, or your running back two spot, and leave that flex flexibility open, just to have yeah, options if something does happen on Sunday. Uh, and also, it can also be used like just in case like uh, Geronimo goes out there and does stink it up, or MVS stinks it up. Now you know that you could, you know, have you, if you have an upside play on your bench, mm-hmm. you can play him as opposed to the high floor guy if you know Geronimo does real good out there. I like what you said there. I agree with that 100%. That's the strategy I try to employ. Um, on the other side of the ball, we got the Chicago Bears. Um, we know that the Packers drafted cornerbacks with their first two picks. So does that deter you from any of the wide receivers? It could. I guess it depends on how you look at it. The wide receivers are going against rookies or that this is top talent rookies and that they're going against. So I guess it just depends on how you want to look at it. How are you looking at it? Man, man you know. Is Mitch sweet? We just got to see who he is this year. Last year, he has the most INTs in a, in a clean pocket. So if, if it's a different Mitch this year, if he's more responsible and takes care of the ball this year, he could be a great quarterback and put him in. So for the first game, if you drafted him, you probably got to start him no matter what. Yeah. I mean, if with Trubisky, you might have another quarterback there. But if that is your only quarterback, you might be able to find I, – I think I'll be all right with him. I can say it's going to be a high-scoring game. I feel like it's going to be a shootout, yeah. a lot of points it's being scored. Be, it's not going to be as crisp. It's the first game of the season. Mr. Bisky is also in his second uh, year in the offense, so he's going to be more polished. Exactly. The throws are going to be more accurate. Um, my biggest thing is what are we going to see out of that running back field? Uh, how, are gonna right. Cohen, how are we going to see Tariq Cohen deployed? Um David Montgomery, what is his role going to be? Well, really, what is the Mike Davis role? Yeah, I mean, I, I really love Montgomery this year. About. I love him for the year. I think he's him and him and Josh Jacobs are you know in, in line to be competing for that top running back rookie this year. But I would temper expectations this week just for what you just said. Like we don't know exactly how they're going to use that backfield. Um, you know, we we, we get reports about. Montgomery eating into Cohen's passing work, but we just don't know how much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I'm cool with playing him, though. I'm not saying don't play Montgomery. Don't play him in your flex. But well, you drafted him. You drafted him at, in round four, so you have to play him. Yeah, you got to play him. But all I'm saying is just temper expectations right now. Um, I'm only really looking game, for like flex game. numbers and RB two numbers. Man. Did y'all see the um the depth chart that they released? They still got Montgomery number third on the depth chart. But that could, you know, speak a little bit to how they like everybody might be used that first game. So Mike Davis is number one. Uh, yeah. 
Uh-oh. <laughs> well, we'll see, man. That's what I'm saying. Just temper expectations, man. Just temper expectations. Yeah, I would, so just, if he doesn't have a, a good game one, I wouldn't panic and, like, try to trade him. I would go buy low, though. Yeah, but I do love Montgomery this year, bro. That dude is elusive as fuck, bro. Like, he made the most people miss in college. Like, he had over 100 missed tackles two years in a row, and that's never been done. Any other standouts on the Chicago Bears team that you see? Um, A-Rob and Allen Robinson, like y'all said, he's, you know, second year removed from his ACL. He should be a solid wide receiver, too, this week. I yeah. think he should. I think you, like you said, they got, um, they did draft corners, but they, they're rookies, so we don't know exactly how they'll transition yet. So I think he'll be a, um, a solid RB2 this, year, uh, this uh, week. Anthony Miller, like, I, you probably don't need to start him yet. Like, week one, you know, you ain't got no injuries. You got your starters already filled out, so you can wait and see on Anthony Miller. I know I said he's a late-round target, but you, you still got to wait and see because he is just coming back from an uh, injury. So. Well, he did been forward this week, though. He said to be practicing. He looked healthy mm-hmm. uh, with no pain. So that's just another news about Anthony uh, Miller. That will be awesome. Um, I would say go ahead and uh, pick. Trey Burton also returned to practice today, too. Another note. Trey Burton. Oh, Trey, oh, he did. Yeah, he did um, return on limited practice. I think um, Jimmy Graham, I want to say he got in a limited practice too today. But honestly, I would I would probably be looking elsewhere. I know I got Jimmy Graham in the league, and I'm already looking at other options. <laughs> Javar, let's make a trade. Um, so <laughs> we'll see, man. But I, I would probably be looking for other options for tight end in this game. All right, so what do you see the score being in this game, and who wins? I got... Oh boy. Are they playing in Green Bay or Chicago? Anybody know? Oh no, but I got Chicago. I'm just going to Chicago. They got a better defense and the offense is is competent, even better than competent. You know, they got weapons everywhere with a good office coordinator. And like Lowe said, they're at home for the first game. I'm going to Chicago. If I had to give a score. Ooh, to like a 27-24, something like that, Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm going 31-27 Green Bay. You know what? I'm going to go with Green Bay too, man. They're, they're, they are road underdogs. They're um, three-point underdogs, man. But I just think Rodgers is going to be extra motivated this year now he got a brand-new coach, man. Well, he had a down year last year. He was playing hurt all last year, man. I think he – and you know Chicago, like they are – themselves at the last year, so I think yeah. Aaron Rodgers is going to come in there on fire. And I well, think he's going to upset him game one. It's good to think that, but we'll keep up score. I'm going to start off one to y'all, too, because, you know, history shows defense start off on fire before offense get to clicking, especially at the beginning of the year. So that's right. why with the defense. So I'm going against the grain because they are underdogs, man, but, hey, it's Aaron Rodgers, bro. That dude's a beast. A.A. Rod. Yes, sir. Um, Discount double check. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of this part of the episode. Hey. Yeah, we really did sound like the 32nd best podcast right there, man. Like, it's it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we went from unranked to 32nd that fast, bro. Like, you just it was pretty it. efficient. Look out for the next episode when we preview all of next, all of Sunday's games. I can't wait. Can't. Um, Wait. We're gonna, of course, we're gonna go over the Thursday night games because we should have a result. Thank, you, like I said before, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for all the likes. Thank you guys for making us the number thirty-two podcast. Um, 
in the world we're really just we're, that's really just like in the fantasy world but like we already know we like number one in like the barbershops and stuff like that but we just want to thank you guys for actually like putting us in the ranks and thank you guys for all the support that you give us without further ado follow us on twitter at fantasy in session the letter in session fantasy in session fantasy in session um <laughs> without further ado if you ain't got nothing else for my co-host peace out Peace.